You ready for the word today? Is it right if I start with a story? Love a story. So I'm going to go back a few years on this story. Back in the day, it's when Dan and I had become parents for the first time to our daughter, Amy. And she was around about six months old at this time, and I was invited to my work's annual dinner dance do in London. And these dinner dances were renowned for being absolutely amazing. They were always held in a top-notch hotel. Everything for the evening was provided, food, drinks, entertainment. They were such a good night. You had to get suited and booted, Dan in his tux, me in my dress. We loved these occasions. And I was obviously on maternity leave from the company, but I was invited to the annual dinner dance. So good old dad and mum, Terry and Linda to you guys, said, we'll look after your six-month-old baby and you can go and enjoy yourselves and party hard. Like, yes. So we were excited. More about the full night's sleep than the party, to be honest with you. As any new parents would know, we're like, we'll go to bed at eight o'clock and have a full night's sleep. This is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. But we were excited about the hotel. And I'm not going to tell you the name of the hotel, because when I tell you the story, you'll realise why I won't name drop. But we were expecting and excited. We had got our best clobber together. Well, Dan had tried. And um, off we went. <laughs> oh, it's Father's Day. I shouldn't be mean, should I? So off we went. And then this is where the hope of our exciting night away turned into a bit more than we expected. So we started to drive down the A12 towards London and a thunderstorm of all thunderstorms set in. There was flash floods. There was traffic jams. There were crashes. So we arrived at the hotel a lot later than we anticipated. Who knows, ladies, you want the time to get ready before the big party. So I'm like, I'm never going to get ready. I've got to do my hair. I've got to get my makeup, my dress on and all this. And that was just Dan. And so... We got to the hotel and we walked in. It was swanky. It was lovely. And we were expectant as we walked into the doors of the hotel. So we went up to the reception desk. Mr and Mrs Roberts here to check in. Your room's not ready. Really sorry. We've had an overrun of visitors because of the weather. The room's not ready. But have a complimentary cup of tea in the bar and, and we'll call you when your room's ready. The room needs to be ready half an hour, one hour, one hour, 15. An hour and a half later, our room was ready. But we're still excited. We're going to get a full night's sleep. We're going to party hard. We're going to have a good time. And so we went up to our room and we passed these amazing suites. I was like, I'm sure I saw like James Bond in there or David Beckham over there. You know, I was, I was like, there's famous people in this hotel. And then we got taken up the staircase and then up the back staircase to our room, which was located next to the cleaning cupboard. <laughs> And we walked into this room, and it's not what we'd hoped for. It's not what we expected, but we walked into the room. And it, it was okay, because there was a bed, and we could sleep. <laughs> so we are excited, so Dan said, let's get, get ready. But as we walked into the room, I was like, oh, it's a bit cold, isn't it? It's like the old shiver on. Dan's trying to adjust the air con. It was absolutely freezing. And we were like, oh, it's really cold. So Dan said, let's have a cup of coffee. That'll warm us up. So we made that, and then we phoned down to the reception and said, there's something wrong with our aircon. It's absolutely freezing in here. By now, I'm like, I need to get in that shower. I need to get ready. So the hotel people came up, couldn't fix it. Really sorry. Well, can we move rooms then? No, we're fully booked tonight because we've got this big party on. We're like, yeah, we know we're meant to be at that party, but we can't get ready yet because the room's so cold. So you just have to make do. Okay, it's not what we hoped for, but okay, I jumped into the shower to get ready. And then the shower proceeded to flood through the whole bedroom. So Dan's there with the towels, stopping this. And honestly, I'm not exaggerating. This really did happen. We should have filmed it because it would have been very funny. And so I was like, oh, I have to get ready. That's okay. So they came, sorted out the flood, but still didn't have another room for us to move into. So we went down to the dinner dance. 
got dressed hurriedly, you know when the hair hasn't quite gone right, ladies, you don't feel that great, but you're like, it will do. Saw all my old friends, started to sit down for the meal, and we had a, a renowned comedian come, Mark Watson his name was, and he got up on the stage and he started to do his comedy act, which was very funny. But our elderly managing director of the company did not like what he was saying. And so he stood up in the middle of the comedy act and said, this is smutty and rude, get out! <laughs> got off the stage, no comedy, Clear a pin drop, it's like, oh. so the comedian proceeded to go. We sat there, well, it'll get better. But with that, the managing director grabbed the microphone and explained how the last six months in that company had been terrible and everybody had fallen short of their position in the company. Gave this big rant, and I'm sitting there like, I haven't been there for six months, don't know what's happened. <laughs> Just so you know, everyone got proper told off. It was proper like tail between the legs. So then the music started up, and it was rubbish. I should have had our worship band up there do a bit of music. It was not the best. Two of my best friends fell out over the dresses they were wearing, and then the food came. I had a strapless dress on at this point, and in the rush to get ready, my silk strapless dress, I'd failed to put deodorant on. So halfway through the meal, I looked down and had two massive wet patches. <laughs> so for the remainder of the night, everyone's like, oh, I haven't seen you for six months. Hi, yeah, I've missed you. Give us a hug, because I can't, can't put my arms up. It was a shambles. And then I got stuck with Derek and Accounts. You know what Derek and Accounts is like. Oh, man. It was terrible for half an hour while Dan's pulling out some shapes of the bad band. And then to top it all off, the meal came out. Dessert arrived. But this could be the saving grace of this evening. Because the dessert came out. It was like chocolate brownie, Willy Wonka heaven. It came out and I was presented with this plate with like candles and sparklers and all this amazing fruit and strawberry. It was just incredible. There was some strawberry sauce in there. And it came out. And I sat down and looked at Dan. He's like, oh. This night is going to be redeemed now. But Dan has a nut allergy. And prior to saying any dietary requirements, no nuts, please. So Dan got a tinned fruit salad appear in front of him. And he looked at it, and he looked at my brownie, and then I felt too guilty to eat that in case it had nuts. I was like, oh, I'll share your tinned fruit salad with you. It's a nightmare. But then the coffee came round, and who knows, my husband loves coffee. Yeah. So they came round with the coffee pot. It's one of those posh silver coffee pots like Beauty and the Beast. And the lady came up to pour Dan's coffee and poured it all down the back of my dress and burnt oh. me in my strapless dress. It was a disaster, but it didn't matter because by then we're like, music's naff, food was rubbish. Let's go and have a sleep. <laughs> Six months, we haven't slept. We crawled into that bed. I looked at Dan, he looked at me. Now we're going to sleep. <laughs> and we lay down for a lovely sleep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't go anywhere near me. And then we could hear from next door, the real party started. The music. So they had a party till five in the morning, just didn't get any sleep. Went home, was really glad. But the thing is, we would have been foolish to say, we are never, ever going to a hotel ever again because of that experience. We will never darken the doors of any hotel just in case it's that bad. Because since then, we've been to many hotels. Because we wouldn't go to conferences if we didn't stay in a hotel. Or we wouldn't go on holiday if we didn't stay in a hotel. And although it wasn't what we hoped for, it hasn't ruined the fact that all hotels and experiences won't be the same. Yeah. And I want to talk to you today about hope. Because sometimes when your hopes have been dashed, it wasn't how we thought it was going to be. You can get to that place of, is there any point in hoping again? Wow. My life will always be like this. My situation will never change. We'll always have those family dynamics. We're always going to have those issues. My, my job can never be more than it is now. Maybe we get to that place, church, where we think, I won't hope again just in case I get disappointed. 
And you have a message today where I want to stir in your heart again to put your hope and your trust in Jesus. Because when you put your hope and your trust in Jesus, you will not be disappointed. And as, even as we've shared this morning, you know, life, you become a Christian, life doesn't suddenly get, yes, it's amazing. We skip through skip fields of bluebells and think everything's great because it's really not like that. Life is hard. Life is tough. We go through some really difficult times. We can go through things that can nearly break us. But the truth is when your hope is set in Jesus, you will always come out smiling and singing because God is with you. I want to share you in um, Romans 5 verses 1 to 5. This is entitled in your Bible, Peace and Hope. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And I want to look at the words in that passage of scripture. It's saying that through life we're going to go through suffering, But through our suffering, we gain perseverance to keep going. And out of perseverance, our character is built. And then we have hope. And then it cycles round again because then hope goes to suffering, to perseverance, to our character being built, and then we get hope again. And this whole journey we're on is building our hope in Christ. As we go through stuff, we will go through times that are hard. We will go through situations that seem unbearable, but our hope is in Christ Jesus. Therefore, as we persevere and we persist and we move through with our eyes on him, trusting in him, we can get our character built and then hope comes and is restored. And I don't know when you look back on your life, because I do, there's things I've gone through and at the time I think, how can I ever go through this? And yet I look back at myself a year ago and think, actually, my character has been strengthened. I'm different from I used to be because I've gone through the storms of life and I've had things happen to me, but I've decided not to stay in that place, but to hope in my Jesus and persevere and persist and push through to get into that place of knowing that God is with me always. In raising kids, it's hard. You know, sometimes we come into church on Sunday and we walk in and people say, how are you? Oh, I'm blessed. (laughs) Blessed in the country, blessed in the city. Oh, everything's so good. And yet five minutes before in the car, your kids have been arguing over that one Barbie doll that they like, pulling its legs off. You barely got dressed on your way to church. You've had an argument with your husband. The dinner hasn't been set before you get here, but you walk in here, I'm blessed. (laughs) Everything's good. Your perfectly turned out children look there and you think, oh, we've had an argument on the way in. But life, we go through stuff, it's tough raising kids. And that's the truth of it. And we've got to tell each other that. We've got to help each other in life. It's tough in marriage. It's tough in business. There's stuff we go through in family dynamics. You know, a family gathering, which first thought, ooh, that could be difficult. But we push through some stuff because God is with us and we will see hope. We need to push through to develop our character. Our anchor of hope is Jesus. We are anchored to him. We put our feet on the rock as Pastor Barry shared earlier. And we trust in God. He is with us. Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because hope leads to faith. And faith gets built. 
and then hopes again lead to faith. And I want to stir you up with a story in the Bible today of a man who had great courage and great hope in something would change in his situation so that he would have faith in Jesus and things would be turned around. And I want to look at the story of a man called Bartimaeus in the Bible. And some of you will be familiar with the story of Bartimaeus. But he was a man who needed an encounter with Jesus because this man was blind. And his day-to-day living, how he made his livelihood, would be to sit on the side of the road outside Jericho with a cloak wrapped around him, and he would beg for for money, for food. He would be waiting for somebody kind-hearted to pass by on that road and give him something so that therefore he could eat and live that day. He was just blind old Bartimaeus to the people that walked by him. He was in his cloak, wrapped up in the hope that someone would stop Did he ever hope for a better situation for his life, the blind man? Will I always be like this? I cannot see. The Bible doesn't say whether he was born blind or not. But he was blind, he was a beggar, and his cloak represented who he was. And he sat on the side of the road waiting. And one day, something happened in the life of Bartimaeus that changed the direction of his life and the course of his history. He had an encounter with Jesus. In his everyday living of I'm suffering, but I'm going to persist. I'm going to push on. Any money for the blind? Anyone help me? Here I am. I need some help. I can't work. I can't fund a house because I'm blind and my disability has caused me to sit on the side of the road. But then Jesus turns up one day and changes the whole direction that his life would go in. He built perseverance, Bartimaeus. His character was strengthened and he went on to see the hope in Jesus. Because he was blind, he was excluded from society. He was like an outsider in many ways. He was like a nobody. And even in Mark 10, verse 46, Mark tells us this by the words that he chooses to write about Bartimaeus. They then came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, sorry, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. So Mark gives us detail there which says, son of Timaeus. So he didn't even name him. He was like, he's just Timaeus' son. That's who he is, Bartimaeus, just Timaeus' son. He was a nobody. He was an outcast. He was on the side of the road. Nobody probably really cared, but maybe some compassion welled up in some people. I'll give him a loaf of bread today or some money to buy something. But he was there, but he heard that Jesus was coming to town. There was a commotion. The crowd was coming. The disciples were coming along the road where he sat and begged with his cloak wrapped around him with a little section made out for the money to drop into his cloak. And he waited there and he heard that Jesus was coming to town. And I just wonder what stirred up within the heart of that man to know that hope was walking through. He knew that this Jesus maybe just maybe could help him. And I want to stir you today, church, that it's so important that your testimony, which means your story of where Jesus has encountered you in your life, has stepped in, is shared. Because when you share your story, it spurs someone else on to hope. When you talk about the hopelessness of your situation, but how your Jesus stepped in and changed it round, it stirs us up to know that God is able. Because there's people sat in this room today 
And your story is magnificent and will set somebody else free. Because there's people that I know who are sat in this room today who shouldn't be sat in this room because they were going so low in the direction of their life. They got into all sorts of places and yet they came to church. They had an encounter with Jesus. They gave their life to him and he turned their life around. There are people in this room who are not qualified for the jobs that they sit at every day and work in. There are people in this room who were so addicted to substance abuse that they shouldn't be in this room today. Their story should have had a different ending and yet they're in this room today, healed and set free by God. There's a little boy who runs around the church and you'll see him afterwards. And his parents were told, possibly you should probably end this pregnancy because he's going to have no quality of life because he's got a terrible heart defect. And yet the church prayed and they put their hope in Jesus and he runs around this church today with a heart that pumps with the blood of Jesus. Faith gets activated in the house when you share your story. And you've got a story. I don't know all of your stories. I know some of them. But I know they are stories of where I was going this way. And this is the road that I was sat on. And in many ways, I was blinded to the glory of God. And he came into my life and he turned the situation around. We need to get our hope levels up. In Psalm 145 verse 4, generation after generation stands in awe of your work. Each one tells the story of your mighty acts. I just love that. Generation after generation. You see, I'm sharing a story with you from over 2,000 years ago of a man called Bartimaeus. But what's your story that you're going to tell your children and your grandchildren of how God stepped into your life and changed your situation? Because we need to keep telling the generations. We need to tell the stories of the miracles and the wonders and that time when you just knew that nothing could change unless Jesus stepped in. We need to do it because wonders are still what he does. Miracles are still what he does. Because he's the same God yesterday today and forever and we're trusting and our hope and our glory is found in that God and we need to trust him and encourage each other in what God can do when we encounter him in our lives. So Bartimaeus was sat there and he heard the commotion. Jesus was coming to town. Imagine that. Imagine you're blind for a minute. You can hear his commotion. There's a crowd coming. He would hear the footsteps. He would hit, see the sense of people hustle and bustle. He was probably pushed away when he sat on the side of the road. But Jesus was coming. And it says this in Mark 10, verses 47 to 48. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Because you see, in his blind eyes, Bartimaeus had had a revelation of who Jesus really was. Because the language there that he uses, he says, Son of David. He's not just called him Jesus. He's called him Son of David because he's referring to the line that Jesus came from because he was the promised Messiah. You see, with his blind eyes shut, he'd had an encounter that this guy who would rock up on the road that day was in fact the prophesied one. He was the chosen one. He was the Son of God. And in fact, if it's the Son of David that is coming here, then there's a possibility that things might change. Because back in the day, there was no Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat. But word of mouth got round the villages about what this Jesus had done. And I believe that Bartimaeus would have heard the stories of people saying, have you heard what Jesus did, you know, back then? Do you know what he did a few months ago? There was this woman and she had an issue of blood and, and she was in the crowd and she knew that she had to be healed. So she reached out and she touched the hem of his garment. And he said, your faith has made you well. And there was another blind man that was back there, two chapters back, Bartimaeus. And do you know what Jesus did? He spat in his eyes and he rubbed this mud in his eyes and he 
saw. And there was a, um, a man and his daughter had died. And Jesus went into the room and he looked over at that child and he said, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. And all these miracles had happened. And there was that lame man and Jesus said, get up and walk. And this hope had started to stir in his heart that this was the same Jesus. This was the chosen one, the prophesied one. This was the Messiah, and he was going to walk past me on the side of the road. So this is my opportunity to say, Son of David, have mercy on me. And I want to say today, church, whatever represents your side of the road at the moment, wherever you're sitting, the need that you have, what you are asking God to do, he's coming past today. He's going to come and encounter you where you're at on the side of the road, in your begging cloak, waiting for the chosen one, the prophesied one, the healer, the miracle worker, to encounter you and walk past. Bartimaeus had done something amazing because he recognized in Jesus, it's not how, but it's who. Because you know what we do in our situations? We say, well, how can this ever change? How can that relationship be healed? How can my job prospects be different? How can I really be free in my mind from all that fear that consumes me? How can things ever change? And yet Bartimaeus wasn't like, how can I be set free? Will he spit in my eyes? Or will, he, will I touch his cloak? Will I just, my faith will make me well. What will it be? He didn't say how, but he said who. Because it's the who and not the how, church. It's the who. Who do we put our trust in? Who are we anchored to? Because it's not how. Because as you will notice through all the miracles that Jesus did in the Bible, it was done different ways each time. Because there's not one way, but it's his way. And we need to put our faith and anchor our hope in who and not how this morning, church. He persisted. Shut up, Bartimaeus, they said. Shh. It's Jesus. Don't make a fuss. Just sit there. Probably chucked him a few coins and a bit of stale bread to shut him up. But he persisted. It was his opportunity and his chance. Son of David, Jesus, hey, I'm here on the side of the road. He shouted out. This is one opportunity. Jesus was, in fact, on the way to Jerusalem. And you will see as the story unfolds, that's when he would have gone to the cross and died and rose again. It was on his way through to where he was called to. And yet Bartimaeus had an opportunity to encounter Jesus. And he said, I'm going to make this work. But there were voices around him that said, shh. And there's voices of the enemy in our heads, church, and of people that say, you'll always be stuck like that. That's your lot. You will always have those family problems. You will never get over that grief. You will never step into the new. You will always be stuck in that place. The enemy loves to tell us that and remind us of our past the whole time. And maybe even friends do. No, you've had that diagnosis. Just stick with it. Just do what the doctors say. Maybe we have those voices all the time. And yet Bartimaeus said, my voice, I'm going to ask God with my voice. I'm going to shout out to my Jesus and see if he will do something for me. He persisted. And then he asked. He asked Jesus. He then expected. And this is my favorite part of this story. Mark 10 verses 49 to 50. So Jesus stopped and said, call him. Speaking to the people who said, shh, Bartimaeus, shut up, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. 
And why this is my favourite bit is because there was an expectation and an anticipation in the heart of Bartimaeus that before he'd even asked Jesus for what he wanted, he threw his cloak aside. Because his cloak was so important because it represented who he was. Because that cloak was the beggar man's cloak. That cloak was the one who was blind, who sat on the road begging. That cloak represented that he had no prospects, no future. He would be blind until the day he died and all he could do was sit and wait on the mercy of others. And yet in anticipation of Jesus, he stood up. He went to where Jesus was and he threw off the old, the cloak. He threw off the old stuff, the place that would restrict him, the place that was the security of his cloak. He didn't say, well, I'll just hold on to it just in case my hopes don't turn to faith and I get healed. I'm going to hold on to it just in case I need to go back to begging because if I haven't got the cloak tomorrow, nobody's going to have mercy on me. But in anticipation of his encounter with Jesus, he threw it aside and said, that is my old self. And I'm going to step into my new self when I encounter Jesus. Old church, we've got to get rid of our old selves. We've got to get rid of the stuff that we used to be like and the place that we used to be held and that blind beggar mentality to move into the place of spiritual sight of where God is calling us to. Cast off your cloak. What hurts are you holding on to that you've held on for all those years but they've become your security blanket? What are the things that happen to you that you can't quite get over because they have scarred you and you are still holding on to? What stuff in our minds are you still thinking about from 10 years ago that is affecting your walk in 2019? It's time to cast off your cloak. It's time to say goodbye to the old and encounter the new because Jesus is coming to town. Jesus is going to pass you by and he's going to ask you a very important question about where you are and what you you want him to do for you. Bartimaeus then asks Jesus in Mark 10 verses 51 to 52. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. What an amazing question. Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? might have been obvious to Jesus what he needed. But he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. Your faith has healed you. He didn't put the mud in his eyes. He didn't touch the garment. He didn't say raise up. Your faith has healed you. His hope had turned into faith. He'd hoped for that encounter and his faith had healed him and he was set free. It was different. Imagine that moment. Sometimes I always think we read these stories and yet think of that moment. Imagine you're blind right now and then suddenly you've got your sight. It's amazing. But what I think is even more amazing is that then he followed Jesus. Of all the miracles that happened in the Bible, Bartimaeus then left his cloak. He left where he was and he followed Jesus into Jerusalem. Because he'd had such an encounter with Jesus who had changed his life, they said, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to move with you. I'm going to go where you're going. There was that excitement in his heart that I will follow the Messiah all the days of my life. 
We need to open our spiritual eyes, church. We need to open our eyes again to follow him, to know that he is with us and that he is able. Because some people will say to you, well, this is the only way you're going to get your breakthrough or this is the only way things are going to turn around for you. But then my Jesus steps in and says, I am the way and I will turn the situation around for you. And I want to ready you in preparation for you to say, I'm going to cast the old aside and my cloak aside because Jesus is coming to town and he's going to touch you and change you and heal you and take off the blinded eyes. I think perhaps when we've been in church a long time, our eyes can get a bit blinded to what God is doing. And today he's saying, come on, let's not get blindsided, but let's see with our spiritual eyes in this season of where Jesus is going and let's follow him. He moved from an invisible place in society right into the heart of Jesus' ministry. And I love that. He was just the son of Timaeus. No name, just old blind Bartimaeus. But then he received his sight. His faith had made him well. And he stepped into a whole new place because he then went on with Jesus' ministry. And we don't hear any more in the Bible about Bartimaeus. But I like to think of the stories before and after because I'm a bit like that. I like stories. But I just imagine he went off with Jesus into Jerusalem. So did he see the crucifixion? Did he then hear the stories of the resurrection? Was he part of one of the stories when people say he's alive, he's living again? But he got to see the crucifixion, which he would never have seen if he hadn't stepped out in faith. His life was dramatically changed because he decided to put his hope and his trust in God. And he followed him. And I believe today is a time of getting up from the roadside of your life, whatever has sidetracked you. You know the old sat-nav, sometimes you set it to a place and you're expecting to end up at your destination. You end up down a side, you know, in a farmer's field and think, how did that happen? But sometimes life does that to us. We end up in a place that we never intended to end up in. We end up in a place where we've picked the cloak up again. You know, some of us get set free from all manner of things and yet we go back to the security and we step side and we step side and before we know it, we're this far back down the road and we've picked up the old us, we've put on the old habits and we've put on the old lifestyle, we've put on the old safety blanket in our faith and yet today is a day of casting off the cloak. Bartimaeus came to Jesus as he was but he went away changed. And I want to say, church, as a, a, a challenge to you today to say, we invite people into church to come as you are. And that is a saying, come as you are to church, but don't stay like that. Let the Holy Spirit work within you to change the things that need to be changed. You know, we are called, church, to be holy. We're called to be holy and set apart. The world needs to see that the church is not the same as them, but is different. And they would yearn to have that difference of the Holy Spirit changing us. I'm so glad I'm not still on the side of the road in areas of my life that I have stepped up and said, no, I want that off me. Because Jesus does that. He's the healer. He sets us free. And I want to say today that maybe we've picked up our cloak in old habits and in sins and things that fall short. And yet God is saying, church, be holy. Put that aside and let him free you of that. Let him push it aside, the things that would hinder and try to ensnare us. Because there's always that enemy who wants to pull you back and say, it's okay, it's all right, it doesn't matter. But actually when we say, no, I'm leaving that cloak there and I'm stepping into the new with my Jesus and I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. And maybe we need that challenge this morning to say, the old is gone. What used to identify me as that blind beggar has gone and I moved into son and daughter of God and moved into a new place of being set free and being on fire for Jesus.
as we walk through suffering and perseverance and then we build our character and we change because it's hard there's some stuff is hard to let go of isn't it we want to cling on to that cloak sometimes it's hard to let go of those things but as we say I'm going to persist in this I'm going to persevere and I'm going to push through the stuff that would hold me back and say no to those things as we let it go your character gets built but you live in such a better place of freedom a greater place of freedom and then hope comes again for the hope and faith in your life and so if I could have a keyboard player that would be brilliant well, I'd like to pray in some of this stuff with you this morning, if that's okay, and just see what God wants to do. So if I could invite you to stand. So you can close your eyes, open your eyes, whatever you'd like to do, but I'd love to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here. I want to thank you, Jesus, for your love and your mercy and your grace for each and every one of us. And I want to pray, Father, today that the parts of this message that you want people to hear, that they would have heard, Lord God. I want to pray today, Father, that this would represent a day of having a fresh encounter with you, Jesus. That you would, in fact, open our eyes to see the things that you want us to see today, Father. That we can come before you and cast aside the cloak that represents who we used to be and step into a place of newness with you, Father. I want to pray, Father, for everyone who is struggling at the moment in life, who are going through the storms of life and the battles of life and are saying, but if I just cling to how I used to deal with these things, it will be okay. But I thank you, Jesus, that you come today and say, but cling to me because I am the hope of all your glory, that I am the God who heals and saves and sets free. And that as you trust in me, you will see your situation change around. So I want to pray, Father God, that we would drop the cloaks of the past that hold us in that place. And we'd step into a newness with you today, Jesus, where we will be free, Lord God, to follow you, Father. We'd be free to see that it's not how the situation will change, but it's you. You are the who in the situation that will change, Lord God. And I pray, Father, for those who are going through stuff at the moment where they say, I need a miracle in this situation, that they would know you are the miracle maker, that they would know you are able to break off every hindrance off lives, that you are able to put people in a place of freedom, Lord God, that you restore, you heal, you deliver. And I pray, Father, in our hearts as we're praying and, and listening to you this morning, that we'd be filled up with that hope and assurance that our trust and our hope is in you, Lord God, and people would be set free, Lord Jesus. I pray you'd lift off everything of the past of people's lives now, Father, where it's tried to draw them back, it's tried to keep them sat on the side of the road in that place, but you would say, step up and walk with me. Step up and walk with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here and you speak to us. Thank you. I just want to give opportunity. If, if you've never given your life to Jesus, You've never said, okay, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to follow you down that road. If you've never done it, I would like to ask you to raise your hand and I will pray. And as we pray, we will say sorry for the things that we've fallen short. We'll say thank you for the cross and we invite Jesus to come and walk this life with us. So if that's you today, if you want to raise your hand and I'll pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. And the second prayer I want to do today is... If you've given your life to Jesus and, and you know you follow him and you love him, but you know somewhere along the line on the side of the road, you've got stuck in that cloak again. 
and you say, actually, I want to follow you again. I want to let go of the stuff that is holding me and I want to step into a new place and follow you. I want you to raise your hands. I want to pray with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. You put them down. We'll pray. Father God, I thank you, Jesus, for every hand that is raised to acknowledge, Lord God, that they want to run with you again, Father, not just walk, but run with you, Lord God. I want to pray for each person that you would just give them that real peace and hope that they can give you their lives and know that you are going to hold them, Lord God, that you hold their world, Father. And I pray they would step up today and follow you like never before, that you take off the stuff that has hindered the sin and the past and, and the things that have been said over them and you'd release them into that new place today of running with you in freedom, Lord God, running with you again, Lord Jesus. Thank you that I see spiritually cloaks have been dropped and left on the side of the road and they're saying, okay, I'm not picking that up anymore, but I will follow you, Lord God, because I know you have me and situations will change when the God of miracles steps in. So thank you, Jesus, for today. Father, I pray everyone would go out of here refreshed and blessed, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.